Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God So, um, yeah, we're, we're doing things a little differently today. That was not planned. I could make it seem like it was. but So we're doing the meet and greet at the end of service because we have Life Group Sunday, and we want to give you guys space to be able to hear from the life groups and, and figure out which one would be best fitted for you and which one would be awful for you. Um, so I'm going to let the meet and greet happen at the end. This is the worst I've ever had to do this, guys. Close your eyes real quick. Okay. All right. All right. So, we're also going to do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm going to be here all day. Still didn't work. So, premature. All right. So, we're going to do carabiners too. So, usually we do carabiners right up front on this day. We're going to do it after I speak. What that means for you guys is if you have somebody that you really want to kind of show how much you love them or have seen something beautiful in them, we give you the opportunity to share that from stage in a way with wisdom and uh, with joy and it's encouragement and you don't tear anybody down. So that'll be at the end. Pray with me. Father, I do thank you so much for community. I happen to love our community. This is one of the places I feel most free that I don't have to perform, but that we get to share the word together. We get to break bread together and not only just to hear the word, but then to apply it and live it. It's kind of pointless to just hear it and just know it in our minds. We want to live it in such a way that you become alive and living and breathing. Let it be a two-edged sword that we use on our own hearts, not on others. Today, let it cut through some of the false beliefs we have, the ungodly beliefs. Let it cut through some of the patterns of our world that are really about self and self-advancing and aloneness and do-it-yourselfness and and really even some of the American dream, God, that creates this avenue for us to just 
be alone and do well. We want what you want. And Jesus, we know that you came to build a family. And we want that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. All right. So um, there's a few things in my life that Jesus has had to lead me into. And it's because when I've looked at them, it's felt like it would be impossible for me to get into them on my own. One of the first things was just the idea of forgiveness. So for a lot of you, the idea of forgiveness is probably difficult when, it, when you started, when you began to walk with Christ, or even when you began to hear about Christ. That's one of the first things you get. And it's one of those things you can't just jump into on your own. It's, it's a process. You have to have him actually walk you into it. You have to have Jesus show you this is what it means. And I've not met too many people that have gotten it all right up front, who have understood, oh, that's what it means. I'm free. I don't have to pay anything back. For, for me, at least, I had to work to understand it. The second thing for me was identity. It's a huge, huge idea that I didn't fully grasp, and I'm still learning about, where Jesus had to lead me into, you're not these things anymore. This is not your identity. You're not even what you do. Your identity is not pastor. Your identity is in me. It's, it's founded and grounded in Christ Jesus because of what he did, and you are now a son of Jesus, of God. And that's not something that you can just jump into and be like, hey, I got it. It takes time, and Jesus has to walk you into it. Another thing that we have to be walked into, and I think it might even be harder, is the idea of community. The idea that we have brothers and sisters, and it's not just the ones that live in our house. I had to be walked into this. I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and we did a pretty good job building ministries with some of the people in this room that had nothing to do with community. I remember I would, I would be at youth service, and we would be in the thick of things and like getting ready for service. And I remember being so frustrated with people that wanted to talk to me. Like, why would you want to talk to me right now? Do you not know who I am and I'm, what I'm doing? And, and it really, honestly, like this is just me being honest. Like it took God 10 years to cleanse me of some of that thinking to where now I actually enjoy it. Before service here, I look for people to talk to and that's not something I could have done on my own, because for me, that would have been counterproductive like to, to everything God was telling me to do. He had given me a plan and a vision, and I was going to take the world, and we're going to start in Georgia, but of course, my ministry was going to affect the whole world, like all of yours, because all of us are really important, right? Why can't some of our missions just be right here, right? Like, I'm, I think I'm done with prophetic words telling people that they're going to do something to the world. We just need people to do something right here in their own neighborhood. Like, if you could just do good at that you might not want to pass through people as you're getting ready to prepare a youth service like me. So God, forgive me. I had to reach out my hand. We stepped out of ministry and I had to ask questions. Something evidently is not clicking and I want to know what it is. And he led us to community. The idea of community is how we rebooted our life, how we rebooted everything. And so this, what we do here, is the idea of community. That's why we do things like celebrate birthdays and have people stand. That's why we pray for people. That's why we do carabiners where we ask people to share. Not because that's the end all, but that points to what I believe God's asking us to do in community. And so in Acts 2, 42 through 47, if you guys want to open up, this is actually on our first tenant. Is that it over there? Right there? Yep, right there. You guys can read it on that. I'm going to read this to you. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is really a beautiful passage. You've heard it before from here. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and rejoice, enjoy, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you about like our American society. This is really far from what we are. And that's not to say, look how bad we are, as much as to say, I don't know how real close we can actually get to this by where we live today. And so I think the closest thing that we can have to this is found in life groups. I think that in life groups, I think that you can see the Spirit of God move like it can't in here. Don't hear me say the Spirit of God is not supposed to move in here. In small communities where everyone knows everyone, in a house, it's just better. I've been in life groups, and I've seen moments where somebody has worked up the bravery to share with the group, my car just broke down, I can't pay my rent. It's $2,500 and I have no, and weeping, I have no way to do this. And I've seen someone in that group, not me, meet the need within 10 minutes. <laughs> so y'all are like, I'm coming to that group. I'll give you an address to that group. I've seen, I've seen in our group, someone stand up in front of our 10 people and say, I don't know that I believe in God. And... I was honored by that. I'll just be honest with you. I was really honored by that. And then our group saying, you have space to say that here. And then it becoming conversation and not everyone in our group being like, oh, you don't believe in God? Well, here's what you need to do. This is what you got to do. Like we all think we have to do. We created space and started some really beautiful conversations. I've seen someone walk into our group, always calling you Shelby, who just came to our group off the streets. Like, you could, off the streets could mean anything, right? Like, she'd never been to our church. Heard you guys do life group here. Can I come in? Beautiful things happened. She ended up going to Scotland with us, right? You've all heard that. Like, the connection through, and she had this beautiful mindset that if I can see inside of a life group, then I'll know what this church is about. It's really true. I would actually recommend that. Go visit a life group. You're going to find out a little bit more about the church than even you do here, right? Because you're just listening to me, and I'm just me. And that's not enough. So, so I love what happens in these small groups. And so here's, here's what's going to happen, though. You're going to be challenged by the end of day or encouraged to look into a group that might fit you best. It will ruffle your feathers. Jumping into life groups should not feel like this is everything I need and I don't have to worry about anything. The whole point of doing life together with people is that you're going to have to be around people and with things and talk about things that make you feel uncomfortable, that aren't what you would want. If you're in a group with all sames, I would actually say evaluate why you're in that group. Does that make sense? You need to be around people that think differently. And so because of our patterns in this world, I'm going to go through a few things that might keep us from wanting to jump into a life group. And this is stuff that I've, I've dealt with. The first thing is, I like life on my own, okay? That's a very real thing. You like to do life on your own. This sounds like I don't need anyone. This is the scariest part about this one for me. A lot of our churches are built this way. You can walk into a church. The lights are going to be so dark, you're not going to have to talk to a soul. You're going to probably sit in the back. You're going to be preached to, probably a really good message. You're going to have some good worship. You're going to leave. You're going to go home. If you didn't happen to make it to church for that three months, you can listen online. 
And that's how you build your spiritual walk. And it's very scary because the gospel was never intended to be carried by one person or you on your own. That's not an accurate depiction of Jesus. That's not why he came. He came so that you would plunge yourself into people and not just this. And hear me, hear me say this. I love this. I love our church. I love worshiping with you. I love the way it feels when we gather together. It's better when it's smaller. Can you just say that to me? Can I just control you all that? <laughs> so I love that, but it's not set up that way. We've been told that we can develop our own spirituality on our own. I have family members who only listen to one guy online, and that's their whole walk, and it's so sad to me. There's no way to develop unless someone is ruffling your feathers in some way. Being around someone who's different, that is the gospel. Okay, so I'm going to read you this passage really quick. This is Philippians 2, 3 through 4. If you can pull that up for me. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Part number two, it's too much work to be in a life group. We had this thought a year and a half ago when we had to decide, do we want to re-up our life group or do we want to just dissolve it? Our, I'll just be honest, but our whole staff was telling us, you guys don't need to do a life group. You're too busy. We decided to do a life group. Because of that decision, it became our favorite night of the week. Can I be really honest? Yes. <laughs> it's very much about you. Okay, so she just, she operates with more wisdom than I do a lot of times. That's the truth. And in the beginning of this, she was like, we're not doing a life group. And I was like, I just really feel like we're supposed to. And she was like, well, this is not fun. And even for the first couple of weeks, it wasn't that she didn't like people. It was that it was a lot of work. Like, we do a church on Sunday. We have staff on Tuesday. Let's do a life group on Monday night. Two months ago, I heard her tell our whole group, because of you guys, when, when I went through this season at church where I was in kids' ministry, I was able to stay alive. You were my life. You were my church. I saw her weep. Am I going too far? I saw her weep. I love to see people weep with other people because it means you're comfortable. I saw the group come around her. There were nights when people would sit in front of her and lay hands on her legs in appropriate way and pray for her. <laughs> and it meant more to me then even what happens in here, and I promise you we fight for transparency even in here. And so it's not always supposed to be easy. When you look at your schedule, it's not going to just jump into its spot. I'm just telling you. It's not going to, and if you're a millennial, you're going to want to join like 11 life groups. We can do it all, right? Like if you're over the age of 40, that's where, right where I'm at, you don't see why I'm even talking about this right now. You're like, this doesn't even make sense. This can't be biblical. I have family in this room that's older. It's hard, right? Like, it's hard. It means you have to step out of yourself and say, I will make this important. Listen, I can tell the people who would grow instantly by being in a group. I would even say, choose it over this. And I want you at this. I'm going to read you another passage, okay? Is that cool with you guys? John 15, 13. If you can pull this up. Greater love has no one than to lay down his life for one's own, one owns, one's own friends. This idea that you make a decision to join a life group becomes about you and others. It becomes about you depositing into other people. And you'll hear about that more in a second. The third thing is you've been burned. I think this is probably the second biggest reason as to it's too much work. Every person in here that's been in church for more than like a day 
can talk about something that happened that should not have happened to them, can talk about a leader that treated them a certain way, can talk about a day when someone said something to you that was offensive and it shouldn't have been said. Every person in here has a reason or a group why it would not be wise for you to jump into community again and be transparent. I'm here to ask you, trust again. Trust again. Forgive people. Immerse yourself back into a community that knows you. Listen, like, people need to understand how you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you thrive, what parts of your life are in your calling, where to call you out in a loving way. If you're doing something that's harming you and others, it is still good for a brother and a sister in Christ to say, you're harming yourself. You want that. Millennials, I promise, you think you don't. You do want that. You want someone who can look at you and say, you're harming yourself. In a loving way, any person that knows me well enough and has fought for me to know that, I, that, they, that they love me, I let them say that to me. Because it's good. But you have to be in relationship. You have to be in relationship for that to happen. So, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. If you can pull that up for me. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Is there one more? That's it. Okay, last one now. People are different. I'm so glad you're here today, Jenny. My sister-in-law, she's always here when I mention something about that happened through her. Um, people are different. I think this is also a huge one. This is something we fought for. I actually make a decision for people who are different from me to listen to everything that they say before I'm going to say anything to them. I want to know. I want you to know that you have a space. If we've done our job correctly, there are people in this room that should not be in this room together. That's the body of Christ. And when you start to talk about entering a group... Your inclination will be, who is everyone like me? And let me jump into that group. I'm, I'm praying and hoping that you can see that you will be robbed if you do it that way. You need it to vary. You need it to be different. You need there to be people who are younger than you and people who are older than you and people from different ethnicities. People who speak grammatically incorrect. People who speak correct. You need people who are doctors and people who drive buses. You need people who are stay-at-home moms, and you need people who are scientists. You need different things to grow. It is good to be different and to be together. So the best church service I've ever seen with this was when I visited my family, and I've said this to you before, in Dubai when they lived there. Jenny lived in Dubai, and you went to a church, and you're in the middle of a Muslim society, and every Christian church was allowed to meet at an old hospital. And so this church had 11 services on Sunday. And this church had 11, and there's all different these. And you gather with this group of people. And I knew it when I walked in the room. Like the songs weren't cool. They were not cool. They would not make our playlists. James would be like, um, we'll keep that one for maybe another day. I like it. But let's just bookmark. Let's just put a pin in that. The songs were from a different time. 
people from a Baptist church, people from a Methodist church, people from a super uber Pentecostal church, people from a church with 11 title names on it, people from a church with one name that has to do with like koinonia, all together, all together. And it was the most vibrant worship I've experienced. Nobody cared who was different because in that setting, Christ is more important. Does that make sense? We live in a society where we can choose our flavor of church. Like, they don't do that over there. You're Christian? I'm Christian. I don't care if you're Methodist or Bravidist or Positist. It could be anything you want to be. You believe in Jesus Christ? You believe in God the Father? You believe in all these things? Lock arms with me, bro. Let's worship. And that's exactly what that room was. I think I told you that that day. I was blown away. And then you could hear, like, the, the, the Muslim call to prayer come on, like, Right in the middle, just this huge reality check. Like, what do we share that's bigger than what we don't share? And it's always Jesus, right? Here's, and here's what I love about it. This is why I know it's like anointed, this Jesus message, that I'll give my life for Jesus. It will be about Jesus. I'll lead people to Jesus. And in him, they will find what they need. Because whenever I want to share about Jesus, I have no desire to argue. I don't desire to argue. If you want to talk to me about politics, or you want to talk to me about this or this, something in me wants to be like, no, 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 you don't understand. We have this new idea, right? Like, me and the millennials, because I kind of put myself in there, because I'm still like 10 years from it. We understand, right? But in every other thing, except for this main, like the Apostles' Creed, except for this thing, we want to fight under that. I don't want to fight you. I want you to love my Jesus. I'm not going to fight you about it. I want you to love him, right? So I'm going to present him in the best way possible for you to know that he loves you more than anything. Whenever I'm starting to fight about something, right? Do I need to be fighting about it? Do I need to be fighting about it? No. No. So God's calling you to be around people and to have enough wisdom to say, we agree on the main thing, Jesus, and that's enough. And you can sit across from a very annoying person in a life group. And because of Jesus, have the grace to get through a 30-minute dissertation about their oatmeal. I'm just telling you, like, when I became a youth pastor 12 years ago, I was, like, ready to conquer the world. And I sat down for the first time in a setting with about 12 people, and I've never been more annoyed in my life. I'm serious. It was the hardest thing I had to sit through because some people would not stop talking and I was like make space people other people want to talk I have an agenda let's just get through some of it that happens and God had to break my heart to say some people are wired that way Josh you can shut up and you can put an x through your agenda for a little bit and you can be present with people so sometimes it's not even about the others changing it's more about I'll make space for you I'll make space for you to talk about this we made space in our last life group before we threw in the towel on it because we're not doing another one. <laughs> Terrible intro to it because we're going to start going to the different life groups. That's what we're going to do. And I'm jumping into Carriage House. We actually talked about politics in our group. And it was healthy. Nobody fought. There was no blood. Nobody decided that that person wasn't Christian. There were very different views. And there was, we left bearing one another's burden, bonded by the peace of Christ, not wanting to fight. That's such Jesus to me, that you can gather around people very different peripherally, but the main thing stays the most important. 
in a life group, if you go in, I promise you, that's the feel. And so, that was long. I just want you to own what it is that would be your roadblock. And I don't want you to feel shame about it. Do you not have time? Is it better to be alone? I, I feel you. I'm an introvert. I, I like to be alone. I do. I like to watch football games by myself. It's weird. I love it. I, I get it. Do you want to be alone? Have you been burned? Have you been burned? Do you really dislike being around people who are different and share their opinions a lot? I'm not asking you to jump into it and be like, I'm fixing it. I'm saying, just own whatever it is and say, Jesus, I need you to lead me into this. And that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus goes to the cross. He dies. He's raised again. He comes back. Acts is the next thing that happens after that. It's a book about community. If you want to talk about the heart of God, don't just talk to me about this passage being about signs and wonders. It's only happening because a group of people have fallen so much in love and there's so much unity that it has space to happen. So don't start talking to me about that. There needs to be more miracles. There needs to be this. There needs to be more unity. And in unity, the Spirit of God can be what it needs to be. So that book of Acts is written. And then every book after is about a group of people that needs help becoming a healthier group of people taking the gospel. Do you understand this about the, the gospel? It goes from Jesus taking it to us, to Acts, to this is how community looks, and all the way through to now us in community. I don't desire lone wolves. I really feel like he's calling us to enter in community. That's what he did with us. He took off his God clothes. He was in the best place, heaven. Can I get an amen? It's heaven. He says, all right, I'm stepping away from my personal awesome space and coming to your world. So he does it by action. I'm jumping into your world. I'm inserting myself into your community, and then I'm asking you to follow. He's not asking us to do something that he didn't do. And then he chose a bunch of dudes because it would have been really strange for him to choose females in that time. I, I think if he'd have done it today, there'd be some females in there. You guys can fight me about that all you want. But in that season, he would have been crucified. But he did choose Mary to be the best soul winner in, in the Gospels. I think that's awesome. So for us, right, like, let's look at what these patterns of our worlds are. Romans 12 will always be one of my top. I got, like, I got a top 50 that I call a top five. Romans 12 is definitely in there. I've spoken to you before. I'm going to read it really quick, and then we have to do something. So, All right, so Romans 12 really quick. I am in love with this passage. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any more to the patterns of this world. Hear what I'm saying right here. He's creative enough to say a statement like that and then to lead us into what some of the patterns of this world are, okay? This is not just saying don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse, and don't hurt people. That's not this passage's goal. It's saying there are patterns within your world right now. Don't conform to them. And it's not about saying bad, good. This is so beautiful to me. I love this. Do not conform any more to those but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then he gets into what are the patterns in this world. 
For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, please look at me, do not think of, of yourself more highly than you ought. Do not be proud. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And then, I'm going to just challenge you to take this passage home. It goes into 3 to 21 about falling in love with community. So it says, don't be, don't be like this world who doesn't value community and tells you that you should be like Tom Cruise and go get your piece of land and Nicole Kidman's going to be there and you're going to have to fight somebody off, but it's going to be your creek and it doesn't matter. It's saying, no, don't be that individualistic person anymore. It's saying, jump into community. If It's right here. It's right here. And so all you have to do is, is, it's talking about if someone's mourning, mourn with them. If someone's happy, be happy with them. If someone needs forgiveness, forgive them. Love must be sincere. Be patient in affliction. Be kind. It's talking about how we are with one another. It's not telling you, stop sinning. Don't hear me say that you shouldn't stop sinning. Hear me say that in community, you'll want to stop sinning. You'll know who you are. You'll be encouraged. You'll be uplifted. You'll have someone who cries with you. You'll have someone who celebrates with you. In community, it just happens. Discipleship happens. If you expect it to come from me on Sundays, it will not happen. It will not happen. In community, things just come together. You're challenged to live deeper. You're challenged to listen more. So be transformed, right? What is it saying here to be transformed from? Yourself to a group. That's what it's saying in Romans 12. It's not just, and this is where I, how I've heard it. Renew your mind, right? It's the passage about knowing the Bible. Like this is the passage about knowing the Bible. The passage about knowing the Bible is then telling you how to treat people. So it's not just knowledge. It's not just recite Romans 12. It's saying love your brother when he is unlovable. It's saying forgive people. It's saying sit with people. It's saying pray with people. It's saying be sincere and transparent with people. Be known. This is the idea of the Bible. I could so rant right now, but I don't have time to rant. I'm going to rant. I'm going to put a pin in that rant. I'm going to do it next week. Okay? Not to you guys. I'm ranting to myself. Usually when you hear me rant, it's not at you. It's at me because I totally do all this stuff. All right, so... So today I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to be brave. You'll have a reason why it's not beneficial for you to jump into community. I promise, all of you. You'll have a reason. Well, I don't know them well enough. Well, I'm a little older than them. Well, I'm a little younger than them. Well, I'm a little different from them. I live a little far from them. I have a busy job, right? I've been burned before. That guy's confusing. Bill is very dry. Like, I don't know. But I like how he used the fantasy football to hook people into his group. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump into that group. I like that. You'll have something. Let's just be honest. The patterns of this world are going to hand you all you need to not jump into community. You'll have it. Don't be shamed by it. Just be honest with yourself. And then I'm asking you to be brave, and I'm asking you to take his lead and let him lead you into community. If you don't go to this church, it's more important that you go back to your church and find out where you can find community than go make a commitment to sit in a seat every Sunday. If this is not your church, Email your pastor or your pastor over life groups as you leave here and ask, how do I get into a group? I know that you're not going to do that, but at least I said it. Right? <laughs> so, so, Jordan um, is going to come up, and he's going to share with you. Actually, Bill's going to come up. He's going to share with you about life groups. Um, I'm going to pray as a transition, and also because I want to.
Jesus, I so love your Holy Spirit, how biblically, we've done a, just a crazy job with the Holy Spirit in this, in this society particularly. We've made the Holy Spirit weird. We've made the Holy Spirit about getting what we need to get. We've made the Holy Spirit about who's important in the room. I love how the Holy Spirit doesn't have a face so that it can point to Jesus. And so today, I invite every part of your Holy Spirit, which talks about being a healer, a comforter, to come alongside. And I ask that right now you would reach into a heart that needs people. And you do. You need community. And you would hold the hand of their little spirit, man, that we all have and say, come with me. I have something better for you. And then in Jesus' name, I pray that you would show them that when it gets hard and dangerous and scary, that you are with them, that you are Emmanuel God that walks with, that goes before. You're not our co-pilot, God. You're flying the plane. We want to just say yes to you today. So, so guys, I'm just asking that you would give space if God is leading you into a community to make a step of bravery and sit across from people who are different from you and give space for people who are annoying and be okay if you're the annoying one because Father, our Father came back for a family to build a family and that's what we invite people in. We invite orphans into a family. You have a father, you have a brother, you have a family. Sit at our table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.